Hello, welcome back to the Working Change Podcast. This is Nate. And I'm Marla. And uh, we are coming at you uh, after dark. Kids <laughs> are in great. bed. We've never done a late night podcast, so... We're not late night people. No. <laughs> well, you are, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't know. My brain seems to work better in the morning, so... So this should be fun. I'm excited. I'm <laughs> and excited. we're going to talk about a topic that... It's near and dear to my heart. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was that, but Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, so we are going to go ahead and talk a little bit today about, um, I guess you could call it addiction. Some would call it addiction. Some wouldn't call it addiction. I think it's kind of the idea that maybe we're all a little bit addicted. Maybe that's too strong of a word. We're all a little bit drawn to things that maybe aren't the best in our life. Right. Okay. So <laughs> let's back it up. A okay. Bit. All right. I, I got too excited. <laughs> no, I like it. But I think we should define it because okay. I think defining it will help people understand so. yeah, you're right. it. You're right. So when you initially came to me with this, I was like, what? This is like a huge... Giant landmine is going to blow up in our faces. <laughs> people are going to hate it. <laughs> people are going to hate us. Yeah. So so I told you initially, I said, we need to kind of like define this so that we can give people what it is. Because addiction, like you said, can be something that... can be very narrow and specific. Yes, it can also be a little bit more broad depending on how you're talking about it. You know, most people it. think... They're an addict because they're into alcohol, they're into drugs, or whatever, you know. Yeah. And and some people in the mental health field are very narrow in their definition of addiction. If you're not addicted to alcohol and drugs, if it's anything Mm -hmm. outside of that, they don't consider you an addict. So people could mean different things. Right. So initially, you went to the DSM-5 to to figure out addiction. DSM-5 being... I don't know if everybody knows what that is. Go Some people tell. might know what that is. The Di- Diagnostic Statistical <laughs> it's Manual. It's a really thick book. Yeah. <laughs> it has all of the definitions and right. criteria for um, psych- uh, psychiatric disorders that, right. that people might come into therapy to get treatment for. Right. And there's not a section that says addiction. So <laughs> you have to go to what is called substance use disorders. And in there, it talks about just the various different substances that you can be addicted to. There are 10 classes of them. And interestingly, there's 10 classes and then there's caffeine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I've always long since I was a little girl, always been like, caffeine, you can get addicted to. People are like, what? You're so weird. Um, Side note, I don't think you know. We probably don't have time for this. I'll tell it later. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So back to it. Addiction... um, I went to the dictionary. I like the dictionary definition of addiction, but the actual definition of addiction said to like look at addicted. So the definition of addicted is exhibiting a compulsive, chronic, physiological or psycho or psychological need for a habit forming substance, behavior or activity. And I think that fits really well the b that's like a kind of a more broad way to look at it and yes that, and that fits well with what we're talking about tonight because right. we're not going to get too we're not going to get real deep into drugs because we talked about you know the dsm wants mm-hmm. to talk about substance we want to talk about today probably more behavior and activity right as right. far as addiction goes mm-hmm. but it is still a compulsive chronic physiological or psychological need for a habit mm-hmm. so i like having that. said that I've defined addiction. We Thank you. End. <laughs> We're good. Thanks for joining us. Just, just kidding. <laughs> oh, gee. We're having way too much fun. So what is the biology of addiction? Okay. This so, is your part. I know yeah, you love this. Well, this is, I'm going to go with this high level. I don't want to get too deep into this. Okay, it's late Then it night. starts sounding like a science class and people are like, okay, I'm not doing this. <laughs> 
So, so ultimately, addiction appears to be heavily rooted in in our dopamine system. Mm-hmm. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that's associated with learning and focus and things like that. And um, in the past, it's really been connected with pleasure, but that right. maybe wasn't quite as accurate um, based on some studies. It, it appeared, oh, th- this is how people feel pleasure, but it's probably more related to like a drive mm-hmm. that causes us to pursue things. Um, now what seems to happen with, with addiction is, is we do this thing over and over and our body recognizes that we get some kind of pleasure from it. And so it's like, oh, do that again. So you get a a little dopamine hit that, you know, it's, it's a reminder, (laughs) go do this again. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like my hamster who had like the weighted feet and like the feeder that's weighted Mm -hmm. and they go up to it, they touch it and the food comes out and they're like, oh, Yes. So they go up and touch it again. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So every time they just know, like, I'm going to get that big payout every time I do that. Right. And so and so that's definitely related to dopamine. Right. There's a really interesting study with rats that showed <laughs> if you dropped a pellet in at a certain time every day mm-hmm. and then measured dopamine or looked at their dopamine system, I don't even have any idea how they do that. Like, get in a rat's brain, <laughs> look at the dopamine system. But apparently they can measure that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, dope, the, the rat will get an, an ex- excitatory dopamine spike and so then it goes and it eats the pellet or whatever you get it give it and the next day if you do it again it'll go and get excited and eat the pellet again the interesting thing is is over time eventually the dopamine stops mm-hmm. and that's because it's expecting it so that's one of the interesting things about dopamine is is when we come to start to expect it we don't get the same kind of reaction. And that's probably related to something that, that we would call tolerance right. with, with regard to, to addiction, where we don't get excited by the same thing. We just expect it. Right. And so our brain system is like, ah, oh, this is just normal. Like right. this isn't anything. Right. We would need more to excite right. it. Right. So, yeah. so ultimately what seems to happen is, is we have these dopamine pathways and, um, and when the dopamine system gets activated, Dopamine flows through these pathways. It's it appears that uh, that one particular pathway, which which connects to our prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. which is our reasoning and logic and planning right. center, it's also related to putting off things like uh, like gra- like instant gratification. Um, over time, that actually gets weakened by constant dopamine running through this this pathway. So so what in this essence happens is our brain becomes conditioned to want these the, these activities, these substances, because of what happens with our dopamine system. And our prefrontal cortex, which is kind of like the brakes to our brain, like, oh, that's not a good idea, actually weakens. So we become impatient. Right, right. So the part of your brain that would <laughs> right. tell you, hey, that's not a good idea, right. doesn't Slow work down. as well. Right. So, so addiction is a very specific thing, and it is definitely quite a challenge. I've been pretty open about my own challenges with mm-hmm. addictions. Like, I'm experiencing sobriety now, and it's amazing. But, um, but I was in some pretty dark places struggling through different addictions um, in my life. And it's also not unusual for people to go through different addictions. Right. The addiction circuit in our brain seems to almost be like, pull one out, insert another one. And mm-hmm. not all addictions feel the same for people. So you might, you know, go through a few and then eventually after filing through a couple, you find another one that you like. Um, so that was somewhat similar to my experience. So that that's kind of what's high level, what's going on in the brain with addiction. Okay. And where do you want to go now? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. 
was this my part? This is what happens. This is what happens when we do it at night. I'm sorry. All right. So I really wanted to like kind of hone in on other things that might be considered compulsive behaviors. So maybe they're not classical addictions, but they are behaviors that are compulsive, meaning like we're, we're, we get like kind of a thought and then we're just doing it. We're not giving, we're not thinking about whether or not we, we really want to do that thing. Okay. Um, it, it, it kind of can start to take over. So it may mirror an addiction in some ways, but it's not necessarily like a classical addiction. These are probably what we've developed as coping mechanisms for okay. for different things that we might struggle with. So, for example, in my life, you know, when you identify some of those triggers that might lead you to addiction, like stress, conflict, mm-hmm. um, there's a, an interesting acronym um, that you hear sometimes in 12-step programs, HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Mm-hmm. Those are all common triggers for people. So, th- those are basically different things where we feel uncomfortable internally and then we turn towards a coping mechanism that may not be healthy because we don't like how we're feeling. And so we get a little bit of instant relief. Problem is, is that instant relief, the more we do it, the less relief we get, the more likely we are to do it in the future and enjoy it less. Right. So maybe this is a good time for you to talk about something that you you and I have discussed uh, a lot. When you read Anna Limke's book, dopamine nation mm-hmm. she talked about a pain pleasure balance in our in our brain yeah so this is a this is a really interesting phenomenon so the pain and pleasure portions of our brain so mm-hmm. the brain that senses pain and senses pleasure there's overlap in those systems and she and it wasn't what she came up with somebody else came mm-hmm. up with this and she put it into her book and um basically we have what maybe you could conceptualize as like a seesaw and one side you have pain and one side you have pleasure. So one of the interesting things that, that was discovered is the more someone pursues pleasure and that's like the seesaw on the pleasure side going up. So we're increasing Mm -hmm. pleasure that drops our pain. Well, that's, that's great and all, but our body wants to equilibrize. Right. So if, you know, if you can imagine this, as pleasure goes down, pain comes up. Right. So people are now experiencing discomfort. This might be like associated with with the concept of withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So so people that are coming down from a, a you know a big drug addiction, what or alcohol or whatever it is, they have they're coming down from this and they feel terrible. Right. That's that increase of pain. So so loss of pleasure. Increase of pain. So this is a normal thing for everybody. We all have this, whether you're an addict or not. Everybody has this as far as like we need to hit this equilibrium between pain and pleasure. But life is about being exposed to pain and pleasure. So we're always – I imagine that seesaw is going up and down gradually. Right. But when you insert the addictive behavior or the substance or whatever, the addiction, you're – upping that pleasure sense you're you're looking for that pleasure to avoid right. the pain right the greater the pleasure right the greater the pain when coming down from right. that pleasure but it, it always comes down and yes. so you have this like really high and then the pain that comes back up right right and i would explain and making you seek that really great high again right that's why people are are returning to their addiction and it may right. even be another addiction they might they might use 
you know, their, their one go-to addiction. And then when they're done and they're starting to feel discomfort, they'll go mm-hmm. to something else. And so they're kind of moving from addiction to addiction to addiction. And it, it's frankly a very like painful existence. You're trying to avoid pain, right. but, but you're in a constant state of pain because it's, you know, your pleasure is constantly coming down and pain is constantly coming up. Um, so it, it's a, it's, it's not a fun place to be. Um, at least my experience and a lot of experiences mm-hmm. that I've heard from other addicts, people that I work with. So now we wanted to talk about it. You said it's just like maybe everybody is kind of an addict. How does how do you see that? Well, all right. So I guess that would be a generalization. <laughs> I'm just saying that maybe we all can relate to this in a lesser right. degree. Oh, I, so, yeah. so some of the things that are examples of compulsive behaviors that might be kind of triggering this pain pleasure system for us are um, electronics. A lot, a lot. I mean, including us. I see this in myself. Like, I'll sometimes have a few minutes and I'm looking at my cell phone and, I don't know, playing a a game that I don't need to play when I could be doing something productive. And and that's playing with that dopamine system. That's playing with that pleasure balance. And when I get Mm -hmm. off of that, sometimes I might be a little grouchy. Right. Sometimes I may not feel great, and and that could be related to. Well, we that. see that in kids. Even oh, you know, goodness. you put your kids oh, my on your we, phone or I your tablet exactly or whatever. Which child, you're talking about. Well, we have more than one. <laughs> yeah. This problem. Yeah. But, but if you give them too much screen time, they come off, and they're just wild to deal right. with. You know, right. you're like, okay, right. Um, so you can see that visibly, especially right. the smaller the child. I think. Um, but. So we're looking at screens. Gaming, even mm-hmm. social media. But I will say, I'm going to say this. Okay. Gaming, they're they're doing a lot of studies on gaming and and sexual behavior and stuff to see if they really want to put it in the DSM as an addiction. They are considering those for future. So yeah, there's a lot diagnosis. of stuff going around mm-hmm. there. So I wouldn't say that it's mm, a compulsion thing. Like they're looking at how it actually does affect the brain. Yeah. And it does affect the brain, but they're they're trying to get enough of the 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 studying done. Right, right. And the research to, to actually prove that. Right. So some of the other things that people might feel like they're compulsively engaging in in, in unhealthy uh-huh. ways might be like food or shopping, you know, hoarding is one, mm-hmm. like sex, like any of these types of things are not necessarily classic addictions, but they're things that we might turn to because they're kind of exciting or fun or they kind of help us get away from a feeling of discomfort that we're dealing Look, with. Look, I think that like we've all experienced like you've had a bad day and you're like, and where's you just that want some ice, ice cream? cream. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> or still whatever your flavor yeah. is, you know, and you're just like, I just need that. And the minute you start eating, you're like, ooh, this is great. And then you're like, oh, but this isn't great. <laughs> you know? That pain pleasure seesaw kind of comes back. Yeah, he has that that regret that you have mm-hmm. afterwards. He's like, "Well, not going to lose any weight today. Right. I ate good, right. and then- or my stomach's going to hurt. I yeah. shouldn't have done that." Yeah, exactly. Right, and so so ultimately, what we'd like to see people do is is start to develop a little bit more comfort with discomfort. Right. So we don't have to turn towards something that might be bad for us or might cause problems for our relationships and things like that. So so that's that's kind of a nutshell around what we're we're looking at. So you mentioned Dopamine Nation a minute ago, mm-hmm. and she brought up uh, romance novels. She feels like she was like addicted to romance novels, mm-hmm. and in fact, she felt that she was so addicted to romance novels. She wrote in the book that at one point when she um, 
when she couldn't get a romance novel that she wanted, mm-hmm. like she was really upset. And that was, I think, the, like kind of the first time that she started really, oh, maybe this is worse than I realized. It reminds me of like a series. I wrote, I read a series of books. Like they take years to like get a full series out. And the whole full series had come out. And I told my kids, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read this whole series. It was like six books or something crazy. Mm-hmm. And I remember like a couple days into it, I was still reading. Like I was through my fourth book or something. And my mm-hmm. kids were like, Mom, what's for dinner? I'm like, go away. <laughs> I'm like doing this, you know. And they were and they still, like 10 years later, give me grief about that. Like how they felt just so abandoned because I was so just addicted to to figure out how it all happened and how this ended. So I get that, you know. That must have been a great series. <laughs> it must have been amazing. Because you really love your children. I can't imagine that. But It was a, not my finer moment. Okay. <laughs> but very much You fine. needed a distraction. <laughs> it was, yes. yeah. Yeah. So. So this, what do we do about this yes. problem? <laughs> and that's really the big thing. What, because we all have those issues. <laughs> so Well, most people would say, you know, somewhere in there, like, yeah, I can see I can how see maybe that. I'm doing this a little bit too frequently. Right. So how or, do we be healthier right. with what we do? Right. So. So I like this. This was suggested in Dopamine Nation. And I've read it in other places mm-hmm. too, which is a dopamine fast. So if we, uh. yeah, <laughs> anything that really gets us exciting that maybe. So are we going to have to live in pain for like 30 days or what? what is this? Well, for the addict, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first 30 days of getting off of your substance is not fun. Okay. It's really rough. So if you're really addicted to that dopamine spike continually, this, this might be a little painful then. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not just dopamine. I mm-hmm. mean, you're getting, there's other things right. that, adi- that addicts are, are getting from there, but, but dopamine seems to be highly related with, right. with the development of addiction. Okay. So dopamine fast, what does that look like? Well, so in the case of a cell phone, if you feel like you say you, you, you're distracted too often by your cell phone, it, it would mean that you're only using it for things you absolutely have to use it for. So, Well, they make, have those reports that show you how much you're using your phone and what you're using it for. So you could really be like, you know, on it and, yeah. and looking at it and saying, okay, I'm going to decrease what I'm doing. You know, I don't really need to do this and this right, and this. right. And I can cut that out. Right. And that's ultimately what you're going for is cut out unneeded stuff, okay. you know, and, uh, and that probably ties in really well with, with the next one. And, and the one I feel is really important with like is, is human connection. Like our brains are designed to release several neurotransmitters that feel good when we have conversations with loved ones, when right. we connect with people. And, and so like use that, lean on that. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the same kind of high. It's a lesser high, but you don't have that, that withdrawal, that, that painful drop afterwards. So, so my, my undergrad, you know, it's interesting is speech therapy. And we talked about that a lot, just communication in Mm -hmm. general, like how we come out of the womb, like wanting to communicate, like needing to communicate or we die. Right. Like literally like we cannot take care of ourselves. So we need to communicate what we need. And in the form of like crying at that point, or or we don't live. And so we are built to connect and to communicate. Right. Right. And that's how we survive. So so that makes sense. Yeah. We're like tribal. Right. You know, we have our groups. So it makes sense that that would be something that like would be very uh, much, you know, useful in this connecting with another person. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that, that, like 12 step groups were started for people that are going through addiction yeah. so they can connect with other people. Right. A lot of people, myself included, 
Well, so there's addiction. Some addictions are kind of more social, and right. some we tend to isolate ourselves. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to get people out of isolation and get them connected and develop friendships. Right. And, and well, you're like not that. alone at that right. point. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so the next one would be knowing your triggers. Um, okay, what are triggers? No, I know what they are, but <laughs> <laughs> you're using fancy words tonight. So what are... Explain triggers. To so, some. so triggers are just the thing that kind of set us off okay. internally, emotionally, remind us of of something. You know, one of the things that's interesting about about certain addictions mm-hmm. is is some addicts will have people. Yeah. They see a person and it just makes them think because every time, you know, right. I'd always go with the bar, to the bar with this person. Right. So they think of that person and their brain's like, oh, it's time to drink. Like right. every time I see this guy, we drink. And and so it's things like that. Well, I had someone tell me that they always wanted to use after they went to the ATM. ATM? And so they had to stop going to the ATM. That's very interesting. Because they would pull cash out and then they would go use. Okay. So, you know, it can be something just really right. random. It doesn't have to be, you know, it, it can be a person, a place, a thing, an emotion. Right, you know? right. And emotions so, are big. Yeah. Emotions are big. Like if you have an experience with someone or or something happens and you feel like sad Mm -hmm. for some people their brain is like oh i feel sad time to go do this this." yeah whatever that is you know time to go in my case go get a twinkie you know (laughs) i haven't eaten a twinkie in a long time but (laughs) well i I I think the other day we tried a ho-ho for the first time in 20 years that was interesting yeah (laughs) so what would be the next thing after triggers um so the next thing would be like under after understanding your triggers, creating better options okay. for yourself. So there are other like more positive things that we can do rather than using compulsive behaviors. So let's say that what we really want to do is go shopping. Like we had like yes. kind of a like again like ugly <laughs> discussion or altercation yes. or whether yeah. with our spouse and we're like, you know what? I need a new pair of shoes yeah. and a handbag and yeah. Right, uh-huh. right. And and it's gonna kinda hurt them because they're gonna be mad that I spent the money Woo-hoo. and I want this yes. anyway. Yes. And, you know. But it would be like, okay, well, you could do that. Yeah. Or you could go for a walk. Or you could go for a jog. Or you could go to the gym. Like, so you're so gonna exercise. use the E word. Yeah. Oh no. I know. no. <laughs> I'm it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So, and exercise is one of those other things like human connection. It releases mm-hmm. a lot of different neurotransmitters yes. and hormones that are really good for our brains and good for people feeling good about themselves. So, so exercise is excellent. And I will say this: vacuuming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, it's, exercise. <laughs> it's funny. I have a I have a friend a long time ago that used to tell me how like every time things got hectic, like at home, uh-huh. and his wife and kids were going crazy, he'd start cleaning. He didn't yeah. even know why. Yeah. <laughs> he just was so clean. So I was like, oh, that was great. his exercise. Folks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Anything else besides exercise? Yeah. So meditation is a good one. And yeah. for some people, it might be prayer. Okay. So some people, they kind of lump these together. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're religious or, or, or even if you're not, but you have some sort of prayer that you like to do, if you um, want to meditate, um, those are really helpful for managing emotions. Mm-hmm. They're really helpful um, for kind of, putting ourselves in a state where we feel what we feel mm-hmm. and allow it to pass. So we develop a certain amount of control over, right. over Cause we did our, our podcast on our first one, actually, I think on secondary emotions, yes. and mm-hmm. those primary emotions don't last. Not for, no, they don't forever. last forever. No. So a lot of that might be just you ruminating on it, your secondary emotion and mm-hmm. going a little too far there. Right. So meditation would help yeah. with that. Yeah. Another better option would be goals based on our values. So, 
goals no well <laughs> look it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be something you don't enjoy right like you know if you have i'm a, just teasing you right now because you hated the gold podcast i do i goals are tough for me <laughs> but but if you have something that you really enjoy uh-huh. and that's ultimately what you want to do is find other things that you like right so if you have something that you really enjoy and you're like hey i want to get better at this so maybe you so a hobby uh-huh. Or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you enjoy woodworking, you're like, you know what? I have a goal to make this rocking chair in the next, I don't know, three months. So when you have a, a, a moment where you're feeling tempted or you want to do something that you might regret, um, you might go start working on your rocking chair. Now, now there's a reason for that. There's a reason, like I yeah. Prefer- tell me about that because I'm thinking like I'm gonna all of a sudden get addicted to making rocking chairs because my life is so crazy. Okay, so all right, <laughs> help me out with this one. Yeah, I'll or try exercise to exercise. I'll try to make this yeah. really basic, and I don't. Okay. And maybe we've talked about this in other episodes. So our 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 mind seems to have like these different regions that work together to do different things. Right. So one of these is the default mode network, which mm-hmm. is kind of more thinking and kind of more. Um, related to to planning or or daydreaming or things like that, and then we have this other part that some people call the executive control network. Some people call the task positive network. Right. But it's basically kind of our going and doing. Right. And and so in my experience, the going and doing network seems to be better at overriding the thinking network. And it, f- it feels to me that the compulsions come more from that thinking network. So if we can get out of that and, and maybe go do something, sometimes mm-hmm. people find that, that those compulsions uh, leave earlier. They just feel like they're not bothering them as, as much. So that's kind of why I typically recommend to people, if you can go actually do something, I think that that is, is in my opinion, that's a better option. Right. Okay. So. I'll take it. All right. So moral of the story. Addiction. Don't eat the ice cream. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat the ice cream. Yeah. Addiction is uh, is fascinating, um, mm-hmm. and it definitely is really impactful to people's lives, and, and is, it can be very dangerous for for themselves. It can harm their relationship. Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of of things that probably fall outside of classical addiction mm-hmm. that also can have negative consequences for us. We mentioned some of those. Threw out a few things that uh, that could be helpful for managing those. So, uh, any last words? No. If you guys want to hear about any of these other things, drop us a line. Okay. You know, if they yeah, want to hear absolutely. about video gaming and how that affects us or screen time or shopping or hoarding or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're curious, let us know. Yeah. We love yeah. to hear yeah, questions, it's comments. Great. Please talk about this. Anything yeah. like that. We appreciate people's feedback. Um, you can reach us at workingchangecoaching at gmail.com. You're getting good at this. I'm, I'm finally <laughs> starting to remember it. Yeah. Don't ask me to say it. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll ask you next time. I'm a good supporter. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So anyway, thank you for being with us. A uh, Working Change uh, podcast after dark. And hope you have a great day. <laughs>